But also I watched Smallville for maybe a whole season before I realized it was about Superman. Welcome to Double Issue. It is I, Quentin. And I, Daniel. And together we are Double Double Issue. Double Issue. Almost. We almost got the unison. We practiced for 17 hours, but it's getting closer. It's really hard to do with the internet delay. That's it. Yeah. I'll fix it in post. (laughs) Double Double Issue. This is... A show where we sometimes read stories and sometimes we brainstorm, but all the time we're talking about superheroes. Yeah, we do some collaborative world building. Yeah, that's what we call it. But we're making a superhero universe and you can jump on in and listen to us make it. And you can listen to our stories we write about the universe and you can even talk to us about it. No. Jump on all those social things and tell us about it. They can't. This week we're talking about Amy Dangerous. (laughs) That's right. One of our heroes. There was a different word I was trying to go for, and I forgot it. Mid-word. Yeah. This is like our paragon hero, our Superman, our the century? Is it? Yeah. That doesn't really fit popularity-wise, but that does fit power-wise for Marvel. (laughs) I was trying to think who else. I don't know. Personality-wise, it's probably Captain America. Well, yeah. Like the stand-upiest, most recognizable. Original Avenger. Yeah. That's what Amy Dangerous is for our universe. A focal point? No, that's probably a linchpin (laughs) of our universe. Yeah. And last week we did stories featuring Amy, but you can listen to stories that mention Amy all the way back in episode one. Yeah, I flew her in. For a surprise cameo. Uh, fun fact, she has been in every episode. Yeah, the clues have been there the whole time. Yeah, even if it doesn't seem like, and we never say Amy Dangerous, that it's been like a little Easter egg in every episode. So go find those if you can. <laughs> you have to go listen to all of them. Preferably start with some of the newer, better stuff. And then once you fall in love with us as characters, you can go back to episode one where we're a little rough around the edges. We're just two lovable scamps. Yeah. Two audio scampies. So Amy Dangerous is originally a character you came up with for something completely different. Yeah. I invented her for as a character for superhero RPG. What's it called? Mutants and Masterminds. Mm. Uh, So originally, I just wanted to make a super dumb version of Superman. And my concept was to completely overload his strength and powers and make him just super dumb that way i could just have some fun with a kind of a flawed character but slowly the fiction of adam the original character adam dangerous got a little more involved until he was a multiverse hero and then there was this version of him that was a lady that was actually competent and so there's an infinite number of dangerouses across different worlds and then this one's a lady that's competent and happy for the most part. Yeah. So what you're saying is that every female superhero has a, a male hero that went there first. No. 
does follow the trope. Spider girl, spider woman, (laughs) uh, bat girl, bat woman. Here's a thing about lady superheroes that I've noticed in comics, though. Yeah, they may be like a secondary originally. Like, wasn't Wonder Woman a secretary for the Justice League or something stupid? But they always get treated badly. But then there's a certain period, I think in like the, starting in like the 80s and 90s, where they just got a lot more interesting than the guys. It's a weird dichotomy. Like, the comics companies maybe weren't like, holding on as tight to those characters. So they were allowed to be a little more experimental. It just seems like now there's a lot of really awesome lady heroes. Yeah. Yeah. That took a little bit for me to work out in my head <laughs> and words. Yeah. So what do we know about Amy so far in our universe? So she's very old. That's an infiction thing. She helped start the Aegis group. She was around for a long time and then took a three-year hiatus. She's recently come back to Earth and is kind of dealing with resettling. Yeah, the repercussions of a three-year absence. I think that might be all. Um, her power set is telekinesis, but like really good telekinesis. So she can fly and have super strength. Yeah, but it's not like throwing things around with her mind exactly, is it? Yeah, it's sort of (laughs) contact telekinesis. (laughs) It's very limited in its range. But for most appearances, she's super strong, super fast kind of yeah so she has a lot of the powers of superman minus what i consider the bs powers so she doesn't randomly have ice breath or laser vision i don't know if we could figure out a way to to uh use make telekinesis do that that'd be cool but uh contact lenses that uh focus the mental rays into a beam she's wearing like a single eyeglass or monocle over her forehead yeah and then, um, like a super super scientist developed a a gum <laughs> that just like saps all heat from the surroundings. And due to her telekinesis, she can she's able to actually chew this gum, unlike everyone else or most other people. <laughs> and with with her telekinetic uh, super lungs, she's able to blast this out into a freezing breath. Okay. Okay. We'll just add that to the the notes. Yeah, but it's not an inherent power, I guess. Yeah, but uh, unlike Superman, her powers aren't removed with just the introduction of a radioactive rock. She's just, if she doesn't have her shields up or whatever, she can still get hurt. Yeah, but I think she's been around long enough that she just kind of, it would be very hard to catch her unawares. Yeah. I think maybe sleeping she's fine, too. Someone can't just come up with an axe or something? Or am I just overblowing Amy Dangerous? I don't know. I think that'd be something to explore. So she has been around long enough that she sees through a lot of tricky things like that. So in the last episode, she was in a dream the whole time where you think someone could get a drop on her. And she was just, nope, I've seen this, this kind of bull before. So is there anything else from your original concept that you thought about bringing over that you haven't yet? So my original idea was very thinly framed, so it's all open to change and interpretation. I had thought about a story arc where she kind of fights this unending fight against evil, but whatever happens, she never quite finishes it. 
And at the end of the world, like when the sun's blowing up and eating the whole universe, she escapes back through like a wormhole to the beginning of time on Earth and starts over again, basically. Mm. And it's just this cycle for the Amys, but yeah. that's not necessarily a thing. It's just something from the original fiction. Yeah. I did have an idea once about Amy's origins, Ooh. and it was similar to Amazing Richard's origins in that it did explain how they got there, but it didn't really explain much beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> oh? The idea is like a time traveler's arms race. Ah. For some reason, some time traveler wants Amy Dangerous back in the past to do something pivotal. So they take Amy Dangerous and put her in a spot in the past, like the 1980s or something, and that changes the future. And another time traveler does the same thing, but takes Amy from the 1980s and puts her back even farther. And so it's just an arms race until they get to where Amy Dangerous has been around since the beginning of time. (laughs) And they can't. There's no point at which they can stop themselves because they filled up that their timeline is full of stopping each other and going back even further. That's pretty good. We might be able to work with that. So Amy might be from the future or something. (laughs) Amy's true origins. But I don't know if she knows about this origin or if, you know, going through this makes her forget things or what. But Yeah, that was something in the original concept I had was when she went back through time it was like she basically got destroyed she lost all her memories and was basically reborn as like a young child Mm. and so she had like weird regenerative powers i think just losing your memory due to time travel makes maybe more sense Mm. oh that's just a a thing i added in at the last minute my last story is in the description for her apartment it mentions like oh she has like an old clock and some journals and a bookshelf and a polished chrome egg the size of a armchair it doesn't have to be a part of her backstory or anything it's just it's a dangling thread that i wanted to put out there oh yeah one of the things i introduced in my story was that she's kind of connected to earth yeah she can sense other people yeah like here cries for help even when not there i don't know if we wanted to go into that like what what did we want to do in this it'd be nice to answer one of her questions i guess So we've got some timeline for her. Maybe it'd be nice to kind of hammer out what happens before she leaves-ish. Yeah. And if there's any, like, further back historical repercussions, it'd be nice to get those kind of figured out too. But then beyond that, we've got her three-year absence that we could talk about, and then her origin. But I'm fine with leaving one or two of those as blank spaces. I wonder if we should get some just general Amy stuff. Like, I'm okay with leaving the three-year absence for some time in the future. Yeah. I did have just a interesting thing to me, is what if it's not three years to her? Yeah. Like, that's just a question I wanted to... It's a million? Yeah. <laughs> She's been gone for, like, 100 or 300 years or something. And in uh, my story, she does say, like, I can sense again. Mm. So, like, she was cut off from that connection to Earth at the very least. Oh, that just reminds me. The other possible origin thing i thought about is we'd had um we've got this idea that there's gods for each planet so we had a martian god and an earth god that gives certain people powers yeah so one of my ideas is maybe she's like the sun's version of that Mm. and so an idea i had while reading your story was she can sense people when the sun's touching them oh that's interesting yeah 
So she gets her powers from the sun, just like Superman. Like Superman. And she has frost breath and laser beams for weird no. reasons. I've just reinvented Superman. No. She's telekinetic, but it's basically super speed and strength. <laughs> All right. And her weakness is a, a rock, but maybe like some sort of crystal formation. <laughs> A prism. Kind of like, uh, you know how like, different crystals have different properties according to woo-woo magic stuff? Oh, yeah. One of those disrupts the telekinesis equilibrium. And so, you know, you can make like a, a quartz dagger and that's, that's <laughs> how you're able to weaken and kill her. <laughs> See, I figured it'd have to be some uh, Jessica Jones level mind stuff gotta do stuff to her to get in her head i mean i'm fine with there being like a telekinesis shield that no one has ever broken or something yeah. since we're making her immortal <laughs> might as well make her invulnerable <laughs> i remembered a couple more random things that we might be able to pick on so we talked about the citadel shows up in the like 80s is what we're planning yeah on. i think they're about so what if her powers before that were just like immortality and then the citadel shows up and she kind of starts gaining more mm. well if it's sun-based powers that doesn't jive mm. i wouldn't think i mean you could work in some reason why there's like some magnifier or whatever radiation thing we came up with right was uh, is messing with it or something uh dis yeah. distorting it or something maybe she it magnifies her powers in some way yeah. Perhaps we she is a multi-dimensional hero and I don't mean that in that she's multifaceted but <laughs> instead exists on, you know, many planes and that is part of her origins. What if uh so I don't like her being just totally just only immortal, but yeah. like a powered down version? Like Superman pre <laughs> pre all of the stuff where he could only jump really high, you know, and not fly. Yeah. But uh, if she were a lesser version of herself, and then that, because that pierced the multiverse or something, powers from other versions of her are leaking in. Oh. That could be an explanation for it. That could also explain her being immortal only. Yeah. But I just, I want her to have something besides immortality. Yeah. It doesn't have to be much. You can convince me with something minor but it, like if she had only frost breath and laser eyes <laughs> but then got flight and regen yeah and lost those those powers <laughs> oh but the other story thread idea originally i had her nemesis just being a wizardy guy or like a super speed guy uh, i'm trying to remember what all i had for them mm. i think it was just supposed to be their antithesis in that way like if it was a universe where she was super strong and could fly, he was stuck on the ground and mentally stronger or whatever. But I think that was the only other idea I had. I do like there's just a wizard, like an actual, <laughs> just an actual regular wizard that like Merlin or something. And they're, they this wizard is immortal through magic means and mm. keeps bumping into Amy. <laughs> it's just, we've got to fight. <laughs> now that seems perfectly normal. Yeah. I like that. Uh, their name is Nermal, because you said that seems perfectly normal. Uh, you know, <laughs> Nermal the perfect. <laughs> I like it. All right, we got one down. Perhaps she's more vulnerable before the 80s then? Yeah, so maybe she doesn't fly or 
Maybe she's just immortal. Do the powers slowly ramp up once this event occurs? Yeah. Like, maybe as soon as the Citadel drops, she becomes stronger and more immune to things and slowly gains flight. And... Mm, okay. Yeah. Something to where it's not just immediate awesome. So at one point, does she become invulnerable? Maybe that's the first thing. It's like the 80s. That's the first thing she gets? Yeah. Because then she could just be like walking into banks, stopping bank robbers without needing armor or guns or anything. Mm, I just figured that's the last thing we want to give her. You got to have that before you have flight. Because you're just going to be running into stuff. Oh, she has like regenerative powers or something. See, I was wondering if that part, it's like... You're immortal, but you heal at the exact same rate as another person. So it's just a really terrible version of immortality. Yeah. Like, all these arrows really sure suck. Be nice if they just popped out of my body. So does she know she's wielding telekinesis, or is it more just natural to her? I think by the time we pick up in the stories, she's figured it out or understands it. But that's it's been like, you know, 30 years or more. Yeah. Because I'm fine with her having... No real big weakness now, because she's got other stuff going on she's dealing with. Right. I'm okay if somewhere before the disappearance, she's she's hit her, like, height of awesomeness and just unstoppable, and then all of this stuff happens. Yeah. But before then, she has to have some weakness to make stories interesting. And you, you right. were saying, like, the mind stuff, but that seems a bit nebulous to me, if you could just go into that a little more. I guess we could flush we could flesh that out. So maybe So she's weak to magic like Superman. Yeah, just like <laughs> Superman. That blew my mind the first time that uh I realized that everyone knows Superman's weakness is kryptonite. Mm. But the moment that something magical happened to him and it affected him and I was just what? He's weak <laughs> to magic? This changes everything. <laughs> See, I was thinking, like, her invulnerability shield isn't perfect. So, like, she needs to concentrate on it to get it to work for a long time. Hmm. Maybe sort of like Invisible Woman has a shielding capability. So it's like she has to think on it. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems very vague. Yeah. I don't know what it needs, but there's something. (laughs) Right. So out in the middle of a desert, there's a well. And inside that well is a reserve of water, and that is correlated to her power. She has to fly out there and fill it up. As she gets hit, it uh, depletes the well. There you go. What if she just (laughs) puts a giant tank of water on top of it? It still depletes it. it Cheating? Yeah, it is. But who's going to stop her? The time police? They're the ones that put her in solitary confinement at the beginning of time. Maybe she's a prisoner. That wouldn't make sense for the, like, time time arms race but it could be a thing but also it doesn't make sense if the time people know how time works and that she'll exist forever (laughs) i had the thought that somebody was like engineering her to be like the perfect superhero yeah and so they sent her back in time to like give her more time to develop her powers Mm. but she doesn't develop them she just gets them from other multiverse people so she's just lazy riding off their success well they didn't put like instructions in the time pod what is the egg huh i don't if know. not instructions just like kal-el's birth pod and the well is her fortress of solitude and you've just made superman maybe <laughs>
I do think it'd be a good uh, little Planet of the Apes trick to be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm from the planet Amulus. Uh, yep, that's my spaceship that I came to Earth on. And it's just, nah, you're from Earth in the future. Yeah. It was easier with the original Adam Dangerous because Adam was so dumb. He could be mind controlled by literally anything. Let's see. Do I want to think up villains? Do I want to think up more history? I don't know. I can leave her hitchhiking through time as just random adventures to be mine later. Oh, let's see here. Maybe a timeline. Because... Because that seems like the the training in an anime, so that whenever there's a fight going on, they can be like, well, remember in training when I learned this technique? And then you flash back and actually see the training. This is uh, Amy Dangerous before the 1980s is, oh, well, you know, back in 1614, this happened, and this is how it comes into play now, and that it's just a open field. So we force Gump her into the background of situations should we need. Yeah, just whenever we need it. Okay, that seems good. So somewhere near the beginning, she helps found Aegis. Yeah, do we want to put that in the 80s? Aegis founding happens sometime right after a big boom of superheroes and villains being created or coming up. So maybe it's early 80s, people get powers, there's a big arms race of powers and everyone kind of sprawling out on their own and so maybe mid 80s people get together and like we're gonna formalize this a little more and then that way by the late 80s early 90s it's fallen into more of a that silver age comics yeah but ours isn't gonna exactly reflect yeah since we're doing like a scrunched timeline but yeah that would be a good period for our silver type age wackiness the 90s is our period of wackiness. <laughs> is that where all of like the Amazing Richards weird stuff happens? Um, yeah, it's Or does he get rebooted later? Well, there was the Amazing Richard the Magician. That's part of that era. Maybe maybe Amazing Richards weird stuff is like postmodern <laughs> stuff. Like 1999 is where fun time ends and things get dark. This is the time of The Matrix. This is the time of Mission Impossible 2. Oh, so where does that put us now? Modern age. Oh, okay, it's just called modern. Yeah, I don't know. Quartz age, like computer chips? Is that track? Yeah, Amy Dangerous's powers being circumvented by a quartz. I mean, it's not going to be exactly the same as the Silver Age in our 90s, but... These give it gives us some good buckets to put things into. Yeah, right, right. If we want to say something's generically edgy and dark in our comics universe, maybe we'll put it in 2003. Maybe that's when all of our Monster Crew events happened. Yeah, that might be when they started somewhere in there. We need to put that on the map. That monster, monsters coming out. Well, I think the coming out might be more recent. Oh, okay. but the. The gross-out nature of the monsters is definitely a 2000s thing. <laughs> monsters for big and the 2000s. The 20 aughts. Is that what we got to call them? The aught? <laughs> the aughts. Because if we Back say the, the early 2000s, we're still in that. Aught tickety. Okay, so we've kind of gone into the universe and not Amy, but... So if you uh, are new to the universe, now you know the timeline of events that we haven't known before now. Yeah. So if we say something wrong in the previous episodes, 
It's because it was all very problem. vague. <laughs> <laughs> and feel free to email us corrections of things we said wrong. Actually, I won't accept email corrections. I will only accept Wikipedia article sources that our fans write for us. We should make a wiki. I think it might be worth it. I wanted to look into we it. To look into it. So I'm just putting out some... We talked about doing events roughly about a year apart, and we've got Artificial Insurrection, roughly 2015, Zombie City, 2016, Hecate, 2017, Landslide, 2018, and that's basically where our timeline starts off. Our stories start off. Right, our story time. Oh, yeah, the stories we started writing. Post-Landslide. You know, we haven't yeah. really seen too many jacked-up supervillains post-Landslide. <laughs> It's a little weird. You know, in in narrative, I think it's been like, what, a couple of weeks? <laughs> I think it we kind of jumps around. Yeah, we haven't nailed down a whole lot. I think it's been. I think we could say it's been as long as it's been. Yeah. Give or take. Because we're not, we're not going, like, when you go back to Bison and Wisp, you're not going back immediately after the first episode. There's been time passing. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, so Amy Dangerous is a danger to society. Yeah. This is, uh, this is a large topic to tackle. <laughs> Someone that's infinity years old. Uh, what if we... So we did answer roughly her origin. Yeah. She gets some powers in the 80s with everyone else and rises to kind of stardom in the hero community. We've answered that she... So before then, she's, like, tougher and stronger and immortal. Yeah. So she's a vampire. I mean, basically, a sun vampire. A sandpire. Yeah. And she goes to this well periodically to drink from the <laughs> the power water. Is she Ra's al Ghul? No, it's Is not that, that kind of well. It's like a just a ground well. Just a deep pit. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it in there. I mean, it's already canon. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want? We've gotten a got a early supervillain in the form of a wizard that maybe she, you know, disrupts plans of and such. Do we want if more early ones, or maybe like once she starts getting powers, let's determine some early villains there. Yeah, let's do some early villains that she fights. Doomfist, a character I created and Daniel dismantled over many stories. You mean Shadow, Shadow Doom? Doom? What? Because Doomfist is the guy from Overwatch. Well, you know, that's the guy you stole it from, not me. I didn't steal that. That's your character. <laughs> Shadow Doom is just a big night robot guy. Not a, not a fisty boy. What's the, is Doomhammer the other one we made? Doomhouse? Oh, man, is it? Doomhammer? Ghost Hammer? I don't remember. <laughs> Some other hammer. Oh, Ghost Hammer. Shadow Doom? Was that his name? Yeah, that's the robot one. Is that a Amy Dangerous villain? Originally, they were thought up as a Moonglow villain, but it could be an oh. Amy Dangerous villain as well. I didn't know anything about Shadow Doom, really. I don't ever listen when you talk uh, about I don't Shadow either. Doom. It's just this <laughs> like throwaway character. Literally a throwaway character that I keep adding into the background of things. Is it going to be a like character that you, you keep throwing parts in, and then if someone were to like go back and piece together all the parts, they would be like, wait a second, he's got four heads, and... <laughs> Everyone just keeps mentioning how crazy powerful this Shadow Doom was, and then just everyone just has knockoff armor that's not real. 
Didn't know Shadow it. Doom wasn't even a villain. They'd never fought anyone. <laughs> yeah, what they just... did was they created a PR stunt, and everyone <laughs> thought Shadow Doom was this real bad guy, and then for the rest of the life, uh, the person's life, whoever created Shadow Doom, they just keep selling Shadow Doom merchandise and relics. <laughs> and there was never a Shadow Doom. <laughs> no one, really no one ever fought Shadow Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just knows, oh, man, if you could fight Shadow Doom, you could fight anyone, huh? <laughs> so, side note, Ghost Hammer is a real character that we made up. Yes. But that is one of Echo's enemies. Yes. Phineas P. Quimby. Yeah. I remember that guy a lot. Uh, oh, okay. I think about him, I think, every day. A uh, hero that, or a, a villain that we made up for Amy was Gaslighter. Yeah, we already had Gaslighter, which I'm imagining as, like, the... Uh, the old noir comics uh, Sandman type in appearance. Uh, let me look that Sandman up. old. He's got like the, oh. the gas mask. Oh, okay. Yeah. DC's Sandman before Neil Gaiman. Like a re-envisioning of the character as actually the dream god? I then? think so, because I think Sandman's powers were... He put people to sleep, I think. It grew out of the proposal by Neil Gaiman to revive 1974 to 1976, The Sandman. So he proposed it as a re, re reboot of that character. And then they were they talked to him later and were like, so uh, do you, would you be interested in doing a Sandman series? He's like, uh, yeah, what's the catch? And they said, there's only one. We'd like a new Sandman. Keep the name, but the rest is up to you. <laughs> oh, the Sandman comic though looks so like my my wheelhouse of interests. Just ridiculously over the top noir comics. Yeah, that's what a that's that's what I get in my head when I think of the Gaslighter. Yeah, no, that sounds good. But that could be. I don't think they take that form often though. But you mentioned them like actually gassing people. A la Scarecrow. Yeah. Whenever they go that far, perhaps they have a similar getup. I'm thinking, though, they're a little more on the husky side. Like a ill-fitting fedora. Do you want to make Mammon one of her early villains? The one you never described? Yeah. For good reason, you were saving them. I described him. He's just a gold devil boy. The gold devil? I don't know what his powers are. I'm kind of thinking at this point, he's more jokery, where... He just can hold his own with the good guys, but it's not well defined what he does. <laughs> mm. Well, what if if we're going early villains? What if that's the whole gimmick? Is just I'm a gold devil, yeah, and just I don't know, maybe not made of gold because gold is very soft metal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe more sturdy gold, but they just go around robbing banks like more like me. <laughs> I had the thought of something like. Well, like maybe they run like casinos is kind of their branding. So all their weapons are like casino style or something like that or just rich people stuff. But I had the thought of like they just spend money on their powers somehow. Like they've gathered all these different weird powers through that. Hmm. I don't know. It's something to, something to mull around on. Yeah. Okay. And they're always naked <laughs> to show off all the gold. <laughs> uh, Next. Uh, just like some well-placed glints, obscure everything. <laughs> like the nudist from that one, Kill Kill. Yes. 
Okay, so we've got Mammon. That seems like a good classic villain. Yeah, gangstery. Yeah. It's the 80s. What about VHS? <laughs> Betamax. Oh, that's already a hero. What if that's an organization like Villainous Horde Society? <laughs> uh, there we Ew. go. Just a bunch of non-words. <laughs> a group of a group of bad guys. Villainous hate society. File hate society. They mean it's early. They're, just, they're gonna be kind and rewind the universe like a VHS tape. So they want to rewind to a time before heroes, just like uh, just like Sword. Proto Sword. <laughs> Maybe Sword grew out of this group because VHSs stopped being the dominant yeah, and we yeah we all went back to watching movies on swords. <laughs> well, the the administration team was like, you know, maybe we should just come up with a better name for this group, and maybe we should maybe we should do something different than just trying to beat heroes with no powers. Yeah, maybe this should be a different group though. <laughs> so we don't yeah, know. I mean, when I first said VHS, I thought just a person with a big VHS cassette tape for a head which i thought really funny no that's actually good yeah and then whenever they're talking the, the little white hearts yeah flaps would move it's like chippendale head chippenhead from the tick yeah and then they maybe they have slight rewind powers <laughs> they but, can rewind it as far as their tape is but it, but it's like personal yeah it's, but it's person it's like tracer rewind ability in overwatch yeah. It's a uh, they rewind, and then the fast forward is obviously super speed <laughs> for a limited duration. That's really good. I already have part of the cosplay for that. Do you have a giant VHS tape? Yeah. Okay. When I worked for AT and T, one of the one of the server parts came in a weird shaped box with a giant cube shaped piece of foam that looked like a VHS tape, and it's the size of my head. Hmm. So I was gonna make it into a mask at some point. So if we're doing that, is a character in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s DVD? <laughs> they gotta be. Is it the same person or someone taking, uh, you know, an homage? VHS should die horrifically in the early 2000s. Like in our fiction of our fiction, it's like... <laughs> it's, it's, it's that same dark period that gets rid of yeah. the goofiness, like the Amazing Richard style. DVD crawls out of VHS's corpse and is like, I'm here now and I'm serious business. Say, they kill VHS off in a really awful fashion and there's so much public outcry about how terrible they killed VHS and the comic creators are like, no, uh, we, uh, that's got to hold off for the next issue that we weren't planning on. And that's when they make DVD crawl out. It's like, oh, see, we're just getting ready for a big reveal of a new character. <laughs> What if DVD is just uh, like a different discus? They just throw <laughs> DVDs and they just, you know, shred things. Well, is their head a DVD like VHSs? Yeah. So do they throw their head? They can, I guess, if they need a larger one. But, oh, man, this seems cool. They just have like, they throw throw them out, but they, they, they do them with such spin and uh, the right torque that... DVDs are just orbiting around them. 
in different orbit. That's like a protective layer. Is like, you know, some of those spinning around. Say like a DVD shield. Oh, they should have a fight where they're goading the heroes like, you can't hit me. I won't even move. And the hero goes to like throw a punch and their hand gets reflected. And then the camera pans over to the side and they've had DVDs sitting facing the heroes like flat the whole time. You couldn't see them because the new format's so small. <laughs> they got to fight laser size. Laser oh, force. yeah, because they just bounce them all back. Yeah. So VHS is a Amy Dangerous villain, but once it's DVD, it's more made out to be a laser force villain. I like that. I mean, uh, an obvious villain is like the uh, the giant, I don't know, if spider's not really right, but it's like, it is like a spider, but it's got the, uh, uh, what's it, like elephant legs, and that that is always patrolling the power well. <laughs> I didn't mention that earlier, but that's an obvious one because it's there. So it's a spider elephant? Yeah, it's kind of just a monstrosity, but that's like the two best descriptors. I don't like how everything relating to this well of power storyline has a question mark next to it in the notes. <laughs> I was just doing that. <laughs> Seems like you don't believe in the storyline. <laughs> Every time you mention it, it sounds like you're asking if it's a question. Um, do we want to come up with some storylines? Yeah, let's do that. There's a time she got drunk one time and picked up an island. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Avengers 2. <laughs> but instead of being a you know, world-saving, world-peril thing, it's just she just picked up an island. And then she threw it, and that's why we have the orbiting island. Oh, yeah, was that a thing? <laughs> it, it is yeah. now. <laughs> I think that would kill everything on it. <laughs> what if it was uninhabited, hopefully? <laughs> that seems very dangerous also. <laughs> yeah. Like they would want to stop that. Like we thought it would just come crashing back down, but it stayed up there, so. She threw it hard enough. She threw it into literal orbit. Yeah. I mean. L- very low Earth orbit. Oh, I had the idea of her going through the early Citadel Academy. Mm-hmm to like really hone her powers and i had the idea of her having a storyline with michonne then where he's acting like a good guy to get on everyone's good side but really he's enacting an evil plot okay i had the idea that he wanted to crash the rest of the centauri ship into earth and it was like the crash would take out all of the heroes and then the centauris could take over the earth easily or something I worked out all the details on that one. Yeah, yeah, we haven't situated uh, where Centauri's come in in the timeline. I think we sort of talked about aiming around the time the Citadel sprouts up to. Yeah. Just to make it kind of clean. Maybe they're drawn to Earth because of it for some reason. This just brings up a whole lot of questions. So Citadel Academy is a thing... Pretty soon after the whole thing happens then? Yeah, maybe it's like a couple of years into it. Okay. Maybe it starts off more like a homeschool commune sort of school, yeah. but grows that into a bigger school. And Amy goes to it. Yeah. I think that is the the weirdest part to me <laughs> out of all the questions I have. Right. Because now we're saying she's a lot older. Yeah, it just seems learning her powers, I get that she's doing if she has new ones. 
but it does seem weird for her to to do it that way. I like hmm. this Michonne plot since you've already hinted at it. It gives us yeah. some background. So in the old canon, or not canon, but the old stories I'd kind of written up, it was like if she got hurt really bad, she would be younger. Is she regenerated? Oh. Yeah, like if she got beaten up really bad, she might lose some years, so to speak. Oh, that's a thing to spring on me halfway through this. <laughs> I thought I'd talked about it a little bit earlier that's a concept it's not yeah again it's not set in yeah. stone but that was an idea i had a long time ago was she gets beaten up real bad and loses some memory and starts back as a teen back at the start of a, a hero universe yeah you could do something like that but again i don't know how i feel about memory loss stuff i feel like that would necessitate throwing most of this away nah. like the ancient history stuff yeah okay. so let's scrap <laughs> That. I mean, I feel like there is, like you've set it up where there's an alternate universe. Yeah, no. That's a thing. That just feels like an extreme pivot this late in the... <laughs> what if the Academy's not high school for them? Since it's such an early thing, it's more of like a, like literally just your powers. Like more of an Xavier school to where it seems like they're just always doing danger room stuff. I just feel like maybe that would be accomplished with an Aegis type thing. Because mm. does this also mean that Michonne is at the school? Yeah. I feel like that's too many eggs that you've shoved into a basket. <laughs> just because you like the Citadel Academy. I do. Superhero high schools are good. I just don't know if you need every character okay. to go to superhero high school. <laughs> Couple? Not everyone. Name 10 characters who haven't gone to the Citadel in your... In your canon. Okay. Hildy, Garth, um, thinking. But Garth, once he lands, Double. doesn't need to learn how to use his powers. <laughs> He's just born awesome. He's born awesome and raised a, just a good, good boy. No, but there could be like a, I don't know, Michonne could be on Aegis. Yeah. They could, they could both found Aegis. Oh, okay. So, Amy and others. So maybe Michonne... Plays like a good guy, helps them found Aegis, and then it's going to double-cross them all at one time or something. Yeah. What if there's a period where it seems like after the fact, you don't know, maybe Mich Michonne was trying to be good for a bit, you know? Maybe it's never answered, Yeah. but maybe there was a moment in there where he thought maybe, you know what, maybe I could do this. I don't know if he have, that's ever explicit. Well, I think according to the laws of comics... That moment has to come right before his evil plot comes into effect. So he's sitting there like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then his evil space drill lands on Earth and starts digging into the, the core. Yeah, or something. no, it's not a, just a comic plot. That is the, the plot to like teen romantic comedy where the, the guy goes out with the girl for a goof and then they go, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I actually like this girl. Ah, she found out it was a goof. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, the pig's blood bucket. I forgot oh, all dang about it. it. I ah. effed it all up. Carrie is going to hate that. So kind of a that, kind of that, that moment. But maybe he's playing like a long con for a while, and you've determined that they developed a relationship. Yeah. A kissy relationship. With their mouth parts. Yeah. So that messes Aegis up. Yeah. What are storylines we got cooking around? 
there is that time all the water in the well turned to sand and she had to venture down to the bottom of it and the the weird thing is like there's not a bottom it's like a bottomless pit the well and it things just got stranger and stranger the further down she went you making this a hat first thing no in fact i forbid it to be a hat first thing i don't know how the water turns to sand if it's bottomless but she uh, she pulls up the bucket and instead of oh, it being okay. water it's just all sand and she's like mom darn it <laughs> and then she jumps into a bottomless pit i'll say i had a bad idea oh, okay give it to me so she breaks up with Michonne. It's pretty upset. And at the same time, this is Gar's, the Guardian's Golden Age. What if they hooked up as a rebound? I mean, sure, why not? All right. Um, and I, I don't want to say that's how Hildy gets the hookup later, is because Garth slept with an Aegis member. Is the <laughs> oh, because that kind of diminishes Hildy here. Maybe that's why Garth never got onto Aegis. <laughs> he never wanted to be on Aegis. Well, that kind of wrecked. No, he did that. Oh, that does. Man, I kind of like the idea of them dating just because it'd be bad, but uh, that's also fun. Yeah, she doesn't have to date Garth. Yeah, maybe it's just casual. Maybe they're they're good about if it. If it wasn't the eighties, you could say it was like online dating, and they never they never met in person. <laughs> I think that'd be funnier. Like, I mean, that could be if we don't want it to be a rebound storyline. They could have a romance that yeah. is just kind of anonymous, shared, kind of not totally, but they're both displaced from their worlds, and so they relate to each other on that um, that that wavelength. They meet in an AOL chat room for aliens that escaped their their planet being destroyed or something. Yeah. <laughs> just because there are all those hyper-specific AOL chat rooms. Uh, this is just a, a side thing. What if Garth gets really into online dating and is trying to like meet somebody new and he and Thorne accidentally get matched up and it's just a big colony of errors because they're both like, I don't know. This isn't good. Him and Thorne? I just thought it would, like, would be like the most awkward conversation. You mean the, the other Thorne? The oh, previous Thorne? Bud Dewberry. Wow. Not in this universe. Yeah. The the one that was pre-thorn tree man, tree person. That's even better than my idea. Because otherwise it's dating a teen online. <laughs> oh. No, I take uh, back what I said. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, this is a very the thing weird that I thought, thing. It's a tree. He's older? No. I was just thinking it'd be funny if they're like, I'm sorry, I don't look exactly like my picture. And it's like, Garth, instead of like a very young good looking like good looking person it's just well i am not human but that's bad now i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i made this idea you made this very weird i'm sorry it's gonna take a lot why to you watch all, that idea why are you always now. thinking about who amy's hooking up with can't can't amy have a life of her own she can she's just like a wolverine when you live that long you get a lot of chances for cool hookups yeah i'm okay with no rebound type thing though as like okay. a serious thing Maybe it's a thing in the comics. Yeah. I don't know, but I think the Michonne one is pretty good. There's a good betrayal there. Yeah. And then we've got something with Quake later on. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I always look to my bookshelf when I'm like, let me think of ideas. Marl <laughs> Stein's The Nightmare Hour doesn't trigger anything. Fred and the Elixir doesn't trigger anything. Oh, my book about Wells. <laughs> you just have 
a book that's the history of Wells. It's called Well Actually, The Real History of Wells. That makes me mad if there's not a book called Well Actually. Probably terrible. But if it's about Wells, actually. It's not going to be. But that'd be a really good joke for a coffee table book. Uh, there's a, looks like a graphic novel called Well Actually. Geek Actually 1.10. No, it's not a comic book. It just has a very comic-y cover. Meet your oh. new best girlfriends. Michelle is a hard-nosed science fiction editor who is used to things going her way. Tanisha is a talented video game programmer who is used to being the odd woe man out. Aditi is a fantasy writer on the verge of her big break. Christina is a rebel on the sidelines of Hollywood. And Ellie is a fan of anything and everything that keeps from proper adulting. Together they are rebel scum, at least in their shared group chat, and best friends through thick and thin. They might live far apart, but through the power of the internet and shared love of all things geek, they are ready to face the world side by side. This is the 10th episode in the first season of Geek Actually, a 13 episode serial from Serial Box Publishing. It's a serial. Ah, a serial cool. fiction work. And do you love these reviews? The first one just gets into it. Tanisha's relationship is going well with Diego, it seems, and they are ready to take it to the next level with Netflix and Chill, The Gamer's Way. <laughs> Just, okay, Paula, thanks for the spoiler warning. <laughs> Jeez, Paula, what are you doing? What's your deal, Paula? Uh, looks like reviews are mostly positive, except for Paul. He said, they said, after some progress in the previous chapter, we get the most depressing episode so far. New bad stuff along with more of the old bad stuff and nothing positive at all for balance. Come on, Paul, you can't fault one chapter of a serial for being... Or one episode of a serial for being a downer. Just because you can't, like, rate it negative for being a downer if, like, the whole thing. Like, I don't know. Come on, Paul. It's a serial. But do you have to grade serials by the individual episodes? They do. Let's get a few more story ideas, then go to comic book covers and wrap it up. Okay. Or do we want to go straight to comic book covers and that may spark story ideas? Yeah, we could do that. Um, just maybe like another big event. Like, I feel like there needs to be a big shakeup somewhere on Amy's timeline. All right, Amy. And she's like holding two dragons by the throats. And it looks like they're pretty beaten up. And there's like more dragons coming down from behind her. And it's just dragon war. So maybe that's a mini event. Like not a, not a you know, publishing wide event, but an Amy Maybe Aegis mini event, you know, the Dragon Wars. That seems pretty good. But what if the outcome of the Dragon Wars is Amy gets the the dragon gauntlets and she's Amy Dragon Fist for a bit? <laughs> <laughs> like her fists are like dragon heads and maybe she could shoot beams out of them and the punches are so powerful. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say she... Or anyone chopped off the heads of dragons? No, of course not. But perhaps they're like artifacts that allowed her to control the dragons and put them back in the uh, the temporal time gate that they came through or something. I don't know. It's a little Is crazy. That the plot uh, from the <laughs> D&D movie? I don't know. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, wait. You need to see that. Okay. It's good. I'll bring it over. <laughs> I believe you. Wait. Do you remember the movie D-War? <laughs> Yes, I need to watch it. It was terrible. Don't watch it. No one watched Dragon Wars D-War. You see this poster and you see 
two snake-looking dragons curled up alongside a, a building. It takes forever to get into the dragons. It's bad. It sounds like the most perfect, terrible kaiju movie. And it's only 49 cents on Amazon. So... Buy it on Amazon. I don't care. It It's not good. Got two stars right here on this rating. 3.6 IMDb. It, it reminds me of... Like, I thought it was going to be fun. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be good. And I... And I did not have fun. But uh, it reminds me of that other movie that came out around the same time. Maybe it didn't come out around the same time. But I was aware of this movie and another movie around the same time. The advertising monsters one? Oh, yeah. It's like there's monsters all around us all the time. We just can't see them. Branded. Yeah. That movie? Branded. I would have liked it. If I wasn't expecting the branding for that movie to be the movie. Uh, but it, maybe it would have been, you know, what? I don't think it would have been. But there's a small chance it would have been acceptable as a movie without that trailer that showed only footage from the last 20 minutes. That's that's being generous. But yeah, about that. <laughs> 10 like minutes. The last 10 minutes. <laughs> it's mostly about a guy being depressive and like driven to do weird artistic installations in the woods and then has a vision of a bull god and then he can see branding monsters yeah and that but that was the whole trailer yeah. the whole trailer was look the brands are monsters you remember uh they live we're about to take it up to 11 <laughs> is that what the name of yeah, that one is they, they live, live which is actually a good film but yeah, so Amy gets these dragonfish. She's able to control the dragons in the event, but now she has super awesome dragon fists. Maybe she's just rocking that for a bit. Oh, God. What if after the dragon war, there's just no more dragons? So they're just kind of there to look pretty, but they don't really do anything. I don't know. I want to shake shake it up for a bit. Okay. She gets way more powerful. Yeah, she has dragon fists. But there could it could culminate in like uh, power going to her head, and they want her to stop. But she's addicted to the dragon juice, and she can't take them off because they're also cursed. Yeah, so got a whole lot out of that one. That's good. All right, one day hit me with another cover. It's like Amy in the streets, and there's a house with chicken legs just standing there. Okay. Just giant chicken legs holding this house up. Okay. Just, okay. Yeah. Okay, this seems like a good cover. Um, <laughs> the uh, Baba Yaga, and it, it just says they live, <laughs> referring to the houses. Ah, uh, could be a post uh, housing market crash story. It's like the houses have come back for revenge. This neighbor re neighborhood really comes alive after nine p.m. Said the old man with a wink as Amy went into town. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a goosebumps book as a amy dangerous single issue <laughs> comic story she was like it seems fine all the people around here are really weird um what about a cover that's like a clock and every hour is uh a, you see the clock and the clock is segmented by hour and every hour is a different version of amy dangerous that could be some sort of multiverse issue. Okay. <laughs> How about it's like a wrestling ring and it's like 
her and Garth like taking down some other villains that are dressed up or some villains that are dressed up like wrestlers. It's just like so Hild- Hildy can't make it to a wrestling match, so Amy shows up. Yeah, maybe they're taking on like Baron von Kill and the other one, Skull King, Count Smackdown. Skull King was like a king of the skulls guy. Yeah, skeleton army. Yeah, that sounds fun. This one is just a sp- speed dial. Uh, has like a piece of paper held out to Amy, and you can see the fast lines behind him, and he says. Can I give you my number? Oh. And it's just it's just one of those golden age type covers that's just why did they make this? Did they make it just because of how weird this is? It does remind me that speed dial would be a lot cooler in the eighties and nineties as a hero. Oh yeah. Did we talk about speed dial getting rebranded as a mobile phone? I think we made some joke about it at some point, like T nine. Oh okay. That's right. But yeah. Uh, let's get a couple more. I mean, there, there's the one that I've seen. This is probably an Aegis cover. The one I've seen so many times before, but it's everyone on Aegis, but you, they're all skulls. And it's like, oh, did they die in this one, guys? But it's not just skulls. You could, They've all got their piece of headgear or conveniently their weapon nearby or something. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you could tell whose skeleton is who. Oh, wait. It's Michonne and Amy, but both their faces are like halved and like pushed together in a weird way. And it just says Civil War. And it's got different Aegis members behind them, kind of like staring each other down. As they have some sort of 80s Civil War as part of Michonne's plan. So when you say half faces, is it uh, like Spider-Man when he gets the spider sense where half of his face is Spider-Man masked? Uh, is that what you're thinking of? I was thinking there was like a Marvel Civil War image, like what I'm thinking. Oh, it's Captain America and Iron Man facing each other down. See, you said facing, but I'm thinking like this, paste, like this, but it's their faces instead of an alter ego's oh, face. Nope, nope, I don't like that. The, the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man spider sense. I actually had an an action figure, I think of peter parker that you pushed a button in the back and then it did uh like a full rotate of his head into another head in the torso uh. so so you'd have you you'd just flip it and it would like you know if you blinked your eyes long enough it just instantly changed <laughs> that's true of anybody what it changed into was uh this half spider-man mask half face and i did not understand that that's what spider sense was that's how they illustrated spider sense sometimes Ah, okay like whoa alert i did not get that and i was just what is this half (laughs) spider-man figure i have (laughs) like why (laughs) can we incorporate this image at all the spider sense no oh it's venom and spider-man shaking hands and venom saying put her there partner (laughs) i can't do the venom voice put her there partner that's that's pretty good. <laughs> See, this is similar to what I was thinking, this half-face thing. Yeah. That's similar to the Spider-Man It's like one. the Marvel's Who Side Are You On branding for... See, I thought you were talking about they facing each other. Yeah, well, that was like, there's another Marvel thing like that. Yeah. I found that one, too. Oh, okay. yeah. So something like that. Ooh. um, A bunch of flying saucers flying into Earth. 
and Amy's like in the motion where she's like just thrown something and there's like a flying saucer crashing into another flying saucer. Oh, okay. I had a brief idea somewhere there in while you were talking and then I forgot. Oh, remember. Oh, a villain idea. Dragon Amy, the, the, the dragon side of Amy, like the, the fragment of Amy that the dragon holds on to. So it's just the dragon gauntlets, but a like a ghost dragon Amy piloting them. Oh, so they are kind of a clone, but sort of a dragon. Yeah, yeah, they're like Amy's residual psychic imprint on the gloves manifest. So it's just dragon Amy <laughs> whenever it pops back up. I like it. And then they have to work together in a comic, and then... <laughs> Amy's shaking hands with the dragon fish. <laughs> and dragon Amy goes, put her there, partner. partner. <laughs> okay. I, this, we got enough, right? I, I think so. It's a bit sprawling, but I think we got some good ones. It gives you a better feel for Amy without giving you very much at all <laughs> of what your questions were about Amy. I'm glad we could answer all of the questions we had. Yeah, we think maybe her origins are somewhere in the future, vaguely, and all the way in the past. Yeah, at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere from the future, sent all the way back in time through a time traveler's war. And then she might have a power well. I don't know how uh, well Daniel liked that. What if her time pod pierced the fabric of the Earth there? Could that be a thing? I don't know. That'll have to be in our Amy world build sequel. Yeah. But we've got a timeline for the universe now. We vaguely danced around some of Amy's limitations. We've got a few different storylines for Amy and many events and a few new villains for her to fight. Or some old villains that were recontextualized as her villains. <laughs> Want to do credits? We got our art by Lisa Prather. You can find her stuff on Instagram at Lisa Prather Art or her website, which is lisapratherart.com. Speaking of art, we commissioned an art of Amy. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. I put it in the show notes for last episode. You could check our Twitter. It's my Twitter icon right now, is that picture? But it's a very cool artwork of Amy created by Tailstake. And it's very amazing. It's really good. I was excited to see the Kirby crackle on the background. Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, want to tell us where the Wikipedia page is that you're fan creating, you can email us at doubleissueshow. Dang it. Yep, you get nailed it. Doubleissueshow. Um, you can find <laughs> doubleissueshow at gmail.com. Right, that's a good one. Do that one. Yeah. But you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Gwear. You want to spell it? G Y W A I R. And you can find me on Twitter at Quinn Pongrats. By the time this episode is up, the full saga of what happened when they outlawed earbuds at my office should be up. <laughs> it's a riveting short story. Yeah. Told during my lunch and breaks. But we got website. We got a WSU Twitter, Facebook, WordPress, Discord channel. Come listen to us. Come talk to us. Do you want a spoiler for the, the Life Without Buds oh, yeah. saga? Time travel. Oh. It's going to happen. Time in... Traveler's War? No. Oh, okay. It's a different thing. I'm going to reuse this concept. Amy Dangerous does show up, though. 
The intro song was Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra. It's used and shortened under its Creative Commons license. You can check it out at freemusicarchive.org or a link in the show notes. Our next week's story episode prompt is going to be Avalanche. Yeah, so push a bunch of snow up to the top of a mountain, scream really hard, and our episode will be there to follow you down. (laughs) Anything else you want to say? Maybe I got one thing to plug. If you're into if you're into small YouTubers, you can check out Andy's diary on YouTube. Just a guy doing a a thing. It seems interesting. Just talking about his life. Give me a link so I, so I can put it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're done with our recording, and I'm glad we kept it. To, we we each got one tangent we went on, and that's what we stuck to this time. Yeah. Wink. Goodbye. Bye. Fun fact, in a bottomless pit, you die of starvation. Oh, yeah. Learned that one from Teen Girl Squad. <laughs> oh, so good. Are you doing, like, Lumpy Space Princess? I, I did that accent. I was trying to <laughs> was do... Too, trying to do a... Was it the ugly one? I was trying one? to do a teen girl voice, and, uh... That's just my default for teen girl voice. Oh, it looks so good. Is that, is that better? Hey. It's... You got to do oh, strong bad it. doing a teen girl voice. Oh. I look so good. So good.